when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry DePoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to the Soto Mojo Podcast. This is your host, Colby Patnode. I'm joined, as always, by co-site expert Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how you doing? Doing all right, man. Out uh, here in my uh, Topaz Palace, or whatever we said it was. Turquoise. I was, yeah, turquoise. Thank you. I always forget every every week. But yeah, yeah, my turquoise palace. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, we're just chilling out here. You know, I'm heading back to the, uh, the, the Great White North next week, so... Won't be here for too much longer. Got to go back to the real world and, you know, escape my lavish life with all my uh, all my rubies and coins and all that. So you guys, he's got so much money and so many different precious metal, metals and stones, he doesn't even remember what his fortune came off of. So yeah. And here we are sweating through a podcast when you could just finance everything. Well, or you know. I mean, well, it sounds like one you know, thing you could do is uh, maybe able to buy the Oakland uh, A's, keep them from moving to Las Vegas. So yeah. um, give that that's some true. consideration. Uh, actually, I am the one that's moving them to Las Vegas. Oh, uh-huh. you oh, SOB. <laughs> now what will the hungover people do before they go back to the casinos? <laughs> um, anyways, guys, so we don't really have much in the way of news to talk about um you know the the playoffs are underway and so far it's been uh, there's been some good games but uh kind of you know proceeding as expected the yankees are already in um there's a uh, game five tonight between atlanta and st louis that was always kind of the series that was most likely to go five uh the Rays uh, managed to sneak one away from the Astros. They have game four today. Um, and then we have... Uh, why am I blanking on this? Washington <laughs> and Dodgers next, tomorrow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, game five. <laughs> yeah, so got a couple game fives out of it. It's, you know, not, not too bad, not too bad. But uh, Yeah, the NL side has been entertaining. The AL side has been pretty boring i mean i I, you know we knew that the yankees and astros are the two best teams in that league and you know it's looks like it's heading towards a may lcs between those two unless uh, the rays pull off a miracle but i don't know the astros are just really really strong yeah so i don't know hopefully something happens there but uh it still looks like we're on a collision course for uh, the Dodgers out at the NL, and then the Astros versus the Yankees in the AL. And uh, that would kind of be boring. But, I mean, those are the best teams. Well, we'll, see. So. we'll see what the Natties do tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, you still have to favor the Dodgers in that one. But we'll see. It's a yeah. one baseball game. Anything can happen. Um, yeah. So, 
today's show, we're going to kind of jump around. There's a few things we want to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about the off-season plan. That's something that comes out in about a month. Um, it's something we kind of started to, uh, you know, work out some uh, rough numbers and estimates on things like that. Um, we're just kind of in the beginning stages of it right now. Hopefully that'll be out around November 1st. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we also have a couple questions, four, I believe. Um, four questions mm-hmm. that you guys sent us. Uh, so we'll get to all those, and uh, we will um, we'll see what else we have time to talk about. But uh, anyways, uh, let's let's start with the off-season plan, Ty. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, just kind of let let the, let the people know what we're what we're working on here. Yeah, so uh, Colby and I kind of figured out the guidelines for our off-season plan this year a couple a couple days ago, and um, have sent that over to our writers, and um, they're kind of making their own plans. And by the end of it, uh, by the end of this month, we're all going to uh, reveal our plans to one another and kind of just work through that and make one concise plan at the end of the day for you guys to read and. Uh, the guidelines are pretty simple for everyone that is making their own plan. Uh, we're going to have one free agent signing, one minor league signing, one trade, uh, and $30 million to work with. Um, and that's at minimum for the one trade, one signing, you know, et cetera. Um, so we're looking at ways to, to get creative with this. Uh, don't expect any of us to, uh, or don't expect our plan to include a Garrett Cole signing or JD Martinez or anything like that. We're going to be pretty realistic about it. You know, Jerry Depoto has come out and said that don't expect them to go out and sign a big name this year. Um, it's more just about finding ways to, to be creative and, you know, potentially opening up roster spots at, uh, in terms of like trading D Gordon. Uh, maybe trading Domingo Santana, Mitch Haniger, et cetera. And really what it's going to come down to is just, uh, you know, with, with those particular trades is just what we would trade those guys for at the end and what we think the Mariners could realistically get in an offer on some of the, some of those guys. So uh, yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't, that also doesn't mean that we're not going to look at ways to make this, you know, to, you know, in our simulation, basically make this team better. Um, and so we will look at adding pieces and all that, but also looking at subtracting from the team, much like we expect Depoto to do this year. So it's going to be really fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. We might do a podcast where we actually go through and, and uh, create the final plan together. Uh, depending on who actually makes their individual plans and how many people we have involved in that. Um, and I think that'll be really fun towards the end of the month. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a sweet spot number there because um, if we have six or seven guys put out their plan, uh, that's going to be awfully hard to podcast. If we have only, you know, three, then you're still kind of looking at, well, you know, there, there's definitely a sweet spot number there for the podcast, and we're just not sure. Um, if we're going to hit it, it's totally voluntary. Our writers, we don't uh, we don't force them to uh, come up with the plan, um, mainly because it's it's uh, it's a lot more work uh, than uh, you know just writing down the players you want. Uh, at least that's the way we've kind of set it up. So mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it it's October. It's it's busy time of the year. So 
it's entirely possible that it's just me and Ty working on that, and that's just fine. Uh, that's just fine. Uh, you know, just like I said, it's a totally voluntary thing our writers are, are doing. If they want to participate, that's great. Um, if they don't, that's fine too. Uh, and, you know, it's just we're trying to get as many different ideas, uh, you know, out of our collective group uh, on the table so that we can discuss as many uh, things as we can because, I mean, you know, heck, Jerry DePoto does, just doesn't sit there, you know, with a baseball reference page open and try to make all these trades by himself. He's got a team uh, that he works with and bounces ideas off of. So this is kind of what we're trying to simulate. Um, this I do I do want to clarify, this is not the off-season simulation, which comes usually towards the middle of November. Um, basically, this is just us working as Mariner bloggers without much input from uh, outside sources in terms of... Mm-hmm. We're not talking to the other side experts and uh, things like that to gauge interest and all that stuff. So um, the off-season sim and the off-season plan are two different things. The off-season plan is just us. It comes out early November. Um, The off-season sim, if we do it, which I'm assuming we will, um, that involves every fan-sided website, and we all kind of get together and play GM and propose trades back and forth and things like that. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Two different things, both coming out usually in November, so it'll be a busy month. November will be, so keep an eye out for that. Um, like I said, like Ty said, uh, thirty million dollar budget. If you guys uh, didn't see it on the website sotomojo.com, we do have a um, a financial primer out, um, published a couple days ago. Uh, just kind of looking at where the Mariners are payroll wise and things like that. Uh, 80 some odd million dollars invested in four players and uh, all the salaries that they ate. Those are also factored into the $80 million. So that's what's already on the books guaranteed. Um, everybody else is either pre-arbitration or ARB1 uh, with the exception of Domingo Santana, who is actually ARB2. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of wiggle room here. Basically the way uh, we kind of, we kind of settled on $30 million because when you add up all the salaries of the players who, um, you know, who are, are eligible or minimum, or you know, we figured it roughly the the final payroll would be roughly around 110 million dollars. Uh, Seattle is about 150 this year payroll wise, so we got 30 million dollars, was just a nice little fair uh, compromise there. So that's that's how we came up with the 30 million dollars. Yeah, uh, pretty much it's the money that's coming off the books from Felix. Lately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically. And, you know, like I said, if you can find a D Gordon trade and, you know, save some money there, then obviously your budget goes up. But you can't go above basically 140, I think is basically what we're saying. Um, mm-hmm. And D Gordon's really only the big contract, the only big contract that would actually take a dent out of that. So um, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how it works out. But, uh, yeah, we're not we're not going to tell you to sign Garrett Cole. We're not going to, you know. It's not going to be. It's not going to be you know, Mookie Betts trades and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, don't expect us to trade Jared Kelnick for anyone. Julio right. Rodriguez, Logan Gilbert, etc. Like we might trade a couple prospects here and there, but it might be more in the Braden Bishop, Sam Carlson Jake Fraley, type, yeah. Jake Fraley type of range. Um, yep. Yeah. So because that's probably. Unless, you know, a team comes to DePoto and just knocks the socks off uh, this offseason, I, I wouldn't expect anyone from 
our personal top eight to get traded, top seven. So, um, but we'll see. Yep, we'll see what we'll see, we'll see what everybody can come up with. You never know. Um, yep. Like I said, I, I I don't think, at least for me, at least I'm not going out with an offseason plan to try to get the Mariners to the playoffs in 2020. Yeah, uh, neither am I. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody will. But uh, hey, you know, if if somebody on the staff can come up with something that works and uh, actually makes some sense, then uh, we're more than willing to listen to it. So uh, we'll see how all that works out. But uh, just a fun time for us. And, um, you know, kind of you may be able to piece together some of our plans uh, based on the articles that we're writing right now, uh, where we're just kind of looking at different players and looking at fit and things like that. So we'll see how all that works out. Uh, it'll be a fun time though. It always is. So mm, for sure. uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, waiting for kind of waiting for the breaking news. Uh, about Joe Madden joining the Angels. Um, I, I wrote about this, and the piece is actually going to be up by the time you guys are listening to this. Um, as we're recording, it'll go up in about 5-10 minutes. But uh, I kind of wrote about my feelings on Joe Madden to the Angels. So, Ty, I'm just kind of curious, what uh, what's your reaction if Joe Madden is hired by the Angels? Um, you know, I mean... J- the manager will only take you so far and there's still a huge lack of talent, especially on the, on the pitching side on that roster. So I want to see, you know, what Epler and, and company do uh, to supplement that roster and, and give, you know, uh, and give Madden a, you know, a solid cast of, of players. Um, and so I, I, you know, obviously I think he's, he's the best manager that they'll have, had for for a while i you know i was not a huge fan of mike Sosha. uh you know brad osmus obviously was just that was a rough year and um you know they they really need to capitalize on on, on trout and now you know they're gonna have joe adele come up uh next year and you know, that should be a pretty good outfield but they gotta they gotta fix that pitching stuff because that's been their biggest problem right yeah you know it's kind of basically what i wrote um you know joe madden's a really good manager that's fine but really good managers still are only good for maybe two wins a year mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I think to me billy epler is still not proven that he's anything but a mediocre general manager um we know Artie moreno is a meddling owner who's really bad uh at his at his job basically mm-hmm. um, in terms of owning a baseball team um so yeah, unless those two things get fixed, Madden can somehow rein those two guys in. Uh, I don't see that getting any better. I mean, you have Mike Trout. You haven't done anything close to winning since Depoto left. You have Trout, Otani, you know, Pujols, Upton, Calhoun, uh, Andrew Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, it, you have all these pieces, and you didn't win Jack with it, and that's not Brad Ausmus's fault. So. Um, yeah. I, just, I don't see that's that big of a deal, honestly. I think it's the team on the field is much more important. And, you know, this offseason they go out and they get Garrett Cole and Mike Moustakis and Zach, Zach Wheeler. Then, okay, now we're talking. But uh, Madden is not going to make them a playoff contender without serious upgrades. And I don't know if Billy Epler's got the chops to do it. So um, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I wouldn't get too thrilled yet. 
as an Angels fan, I really need to see what, what they do in the offseason to actually supplement that roster. That's just, it's a rough roster right now. I mean, um, you look at that starting rotation, it's Andrew Heaney and what else, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, That's, you know, is, is Otani going to pitch next year? There's you know, sounds, a lot of... Sounds like it will, but it's also his first year coming off of Tommy John. Yeah. Um, you know, you just kind of look. There's not a ton in the minor league system in terms of starting pitching. Uh, it's a good system, uh, but it's not, you know, super heavy with the starting pitching prospects who are close and, you know, have legitimate upside. So it's just, it's the Angels are kind of a... I don't want to say they're a mess, but they're not like, I would rather be where the Mariners are right now than be where the angels are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, we'll see what they do this off season, but they've just kind of been floating in mediocrity for the last, you know, five years or whatever yeah. it's been. Yeah. And they haven't really made, I mean, they, they went out and got Otani. They went out and got Upton, but those two pieces haven't really pushed them. And they've basically ignored their starting pitching. Um, so until that gets better, I, I don't care about the angels. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I'm much more concerned about the Astros and the A's. Yeah. And I mean, you know, look, if, if you really want to see how much impact Joe Madden has, I mean, that Chicago Cubs roster is really talented and they didn't even make the playoffs and, you know, uh, it's, and, and that's not to say that he's a bad manager or anything like that, but I think we overrate the impact that he brings to a, to a team. Um, and, you know, I, it, it doesn't make me think all of a sudden that the angels are going to turn their organization around just because they hired Joe Madden. No, not a chance. Yeah. All right. So, um, thankfully you guys uh, stepped up and you sent us a few questions. So that'll be the, uh, the bulk of the show today. Um, some interesting thoughts here. Um, so let's start with. Uh, do we get five questions now? Maybe only four. Um, let's start. Let's go. Ahead, let's start with. Uh, let's just go in order. Who came first? All right. Um, so Ben Sprouse on Twitter at Ben underscore Sprouse. Uh, he wants to know if we could go back to one year ago today, would we trade Mitch Haniger? Hmm. Interesting. Ty, what do you think? I, I would assume, like, he means knowing what we know now. Um, yeah. I guess, you know, I mean, we don't know what was being offered for him. Exactly. Uh, that's that's the problem, you know. Clearly, DePoto felt he was being lowballed on the offers uh, on a player that finished 11th in MVP voting. Um, you know, would he still feel that way knowing what he knows now? Maybe, you know, I, I would assume that he had uh, conversations with primarily Atlanta yeah. on him. And if they were, uh, if let's say the the best player that was offered to him was someone like Grayson, Grayson Janista or Power B, say his name. Uh, no, even to this day, I would say no. Um, I think, you know, with, with Hanniger, you still have a, a, a cheap, controllable you know relatively young outfielder who can't who has played at an all-star level and had you know some really bad luck this season um on a bad team too 
you know, and I mean, you really like, I know that he was struggling at the plate. If you, if you will, I mean, he was still a one, one player in June by June. Um, and I, I know his, his season was a bit of a letdown, but, you know, uh, he gets hurt on a really, you know, unfortunate play that, that, you know, it's a gruesome injury that, you know, is really out of his control. Um, I, even with all of that, I, I still think you feel pretty good about Mitch Hanniger and what he can be as a player and, um, I think right now it's just about getting him on the field again, seeing him play and letting him either build trade value or see if, you know, if you want to keep him around to be a part of this thing. I, you know, you shouldn't just trade good players just to trade good players. And yeah, they have a lot of outfield depth in their organization, but, you know, uh, Hanniger has been a, a solid player for the last two and a half years or three years, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't trade him. No, knowing what I know now, because I just, I don't think the offers are there. Yeah. And that's, that's the part of the equation that we don't know. We don't know how many teams were interested. We don't know what the offers were. Um, and so without that, it's, it's tough for us to say, um, you know, I think it was, uh, Jason Churchill, a prospect insider. He, he had mentioned that there was only really one team to engage the Mariners uh, this offseason on Hanniger, and it was the Braves, and the Braves were offering uh, you know, pieces that were a few years away while the Mariners are looking for, if they're going to trade Hanniger, uh, either immediate help or help you know, for early in 2020, and the Braves just weren't willing to part with that. And, I mean, for the Braves, that means Kyle Wright, Mike Soroka, um, you know, or Ian Anderson, maybe Christian Pache or Drew Waters, uh, and it just doesn't sound like they were willing to go there. And so Jerry did the right Austin thing. Riley, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so Jerry did the right thing. He said, "No, I'm not. I'm not. You know, taking a discount, or I'm not taking a discount of price for Hanniger. We'll keep him. We'll play him. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that Hanniger wasn't as good as he was last year and that he got hurt. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't think he did anything wrong there. And Without knowing for sure uh, what the offers were, uh, I would say no because you know last year kind of comp Mitch Haniger to the Adam Eaton deal. Uh, Eaton got the White Sox like Reynaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito. Yeah, I mean, you got legitimate prospects, and if you're not going to get that for Mitch Haniger, then you keep them and you can try again this summer or this winter or next summer or next winter. Um, he still has plenty of club control, so it just. To me, it doesn't sound like there was all that much interest in uh, in Hanniger last offseason and that nobody was even coming close to meeting the asking price of the Mariners. And if that's the case, then no, yeah. you, you don't trade a guy like Hanniger. So, um, yeah. yeah, knowing what we know now, which, again, isn't everything, but knowing what we know now, uh, no, I wouldn't trade Mitch Hanniger a year ago. Um, I wouldn't go back in time and trade Mitch Hanniger because I just I don't know what was on the table. Um, now, you know, if we've come to find out that like Kyle Wright was on the table, then yeah, I probably would have gone back and made that trade, but it doesn't sound like he ever was. So, uh, no, I think Jerry did the right thing. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's see here. Um, next question comes from, uh, Brett Vernon 
at Bretzel15. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, he wants to see, do you see the Mariners making another trade this offseason like they did with Shed Long and Josh Stowers? Someone's close to Major League ready for someone in the lower minors. Uh, what do you think, yeah. Ty? Yeah, of course. I think Jerry is always going to look for deals like that. Um, especially if he can, you know, because this is about getting guys in here in 2020 and letting them, you know, figure things out at the major league level. So they're, you know, pretty much ready for 2021. And I think if you can find another shed long type for another Josh Storrs type, you do that deal 100 times out of 100. Um, like if, I mean, I'll ask you this because I know you really like Austin Shutton. I like Austin Shutton a lot, but if you could trade Austin Shutton for, I don't know, another Shed Long kind of prospect, would you do it? Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where I I'm at on that. I I don't know specifically who it would be. Uh, I'm actually. That was one of the ideas that I had going into the off-season plan is to look for, you know, something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, 100%, I'm all for doing that. And I think they will do that. Right. I, it's like, and they do have some candidates for that, low minors guys who make sense. Um, you know, Sam Carlson and Isaiah Campbell are kind of the high-end options there. So is Brandon Williamson. Um, mm. But I think, you know, a guy like Juan Thin, uh, yep. Joe Rizzo, Brian mm-hmm. Perez, uh, Juan Caracuto. Um, I, Maybe know. even someone that's like impressing in the Arizona Fall League, like Ken Murphy. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. And like I said, Austin Shenton's a good one. Um, if you know, you're telling me I can go out and I can trade one of those guys to a team that has a 40 man roster crunch, like say the Tampa Bay Rays, and I can trade one of them for, I don't know, um, Michael Jake, Russo. Yeah, Jake Cronenworth, uh, sure. you know, yeah. somebody who's needs to be added to a forty man, or they're going to lose him. Uh, Jose De Leon, Anthony Banda. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if you can do something like that, then I'm totally down for it. Um, it makes sense. You should always be looking to add value um, and kind of combing the the Rule Five eligible guys is usually a good way to find some decent value. Um, so yeah, if you can get involved in a trade like that and maybe get a third, uh, you know, kind of get a, a potential trade, a potential 55 grade for a current 50 grade, uh, then yeah, assuming the years match up and all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a good idea. Um, you said, I don't really have any specifics to give you, but, uh, I think, I think it's a good, I think that's always a good idea. So, um, Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. if you're the mayor. Now, if you're Baltimore and you're near one of a seven-year rebuild, then maybe not. Um, but for Seattle, who wants to be competitive by next year, yeah, they, they should do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially, you know, you'll they'll target teams like you know last year they they made the deal with the Yankees who got long in the in the great deal. It's it's teams like that that, like you said, that are you know at a forty-man roster crunch and. You know, really can't afford to uh, to you know give out roster spots to a bunch of young guys. You know, if they're they're trying to compete, um, they're just that's not you know where they're at in their current window. So, yeah, like for them to be aggressive with teams like 
Tampa and Milwaukee and Atlanta and all those teams. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks for the question there, Bretzel. Um, next, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna head to uh, our good buddy uh, Jordan at Mormon Pizza Man. Great Twitter handle. Um, he wants to know. He says, uh, "I've had my eye on some possible fits prospect trade wise. Could you see the team acquiring either Jay Groom of the Boston Red Sox or Jeter Downs of the Dodgers?" Um, Ty, we know Jerry Depoto loves Jeter Downs, but uh, yeah. do you see either one of them as a possibility? Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it depends on what the Red Sox will want back for Groom. You know, the Red Sox. Mm-hmm farm system is one of the worst in baseball right now and grooms you know kind of one of their few legit prospects that they have um but yeah i think you know i i don't i don't think anything is off the table for jerry devoto and so so yeah i think obviously that there would be interest there and um and we know for for a fact that there's going to be a lot of interest in jeter downs if if the opportunity arises but uh yeah, I don't I don't see why not. Yeah, I think um Jeter Downs is probably a guy that for the Mariners to acquire, you're looking at um probably trading Mitch Haniger. Um mm, yep. and Downs would be kind of the headliner. Um so I I, I think Downs is a possibility. Um, you know, prospect swaps are always are always uh something that kind of get overlooked. Um, so maybe there's something there, but you think with, you know, Gavin Lux and, uh, Corey Seager kind of in the middle there, um, you know, downs, maybe the odd man out. Um, so we'll see, but I, I think to get downs, you're looking at Hanager and downs is kind of the headliner of the package, which I mean, depending on the rest of the, the players involved, I I'd be okay with that. Um, yeah. As for uh, Jay Groom specifically, the dude's talented, just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, I think, you know, Groom is maybe one of those those guys going back to the previous question that is, you know, a prospect for a prospect. And Groom's not particularly, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's close because he's barely pitched. He only threw four innings this year. Um, but he is pretty polished. He's 21. Um, so next year may be a bit of a stretch since he barely pitched this year, but the year after is definitely a possibility. So, um, groom would be a really interesting ad. I think if the Mariners traded for him, uh, depending on who they traded him for, uh, I think he'd probably land somewhere around 10 in our prospect ranks. Um, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a nice prospect. So yeah, if you, if you can find a deal there, uh, then absolutely go ahead, go for it. Um, I, I don't think you can get him for like Domingo Santana, but, um, I don't know. Maybe there's Austin Adams, something like that. Um, of course, Adams, you know, coming off the Achilles injury, which just sucks, but, but maybe uh, like someone like Sam Tuivalala. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. Sam Tuivalala and I don't know. Sam Tuivalala, D. Gordon, twelve million dollars or whatever. Yeah. Um, because I I don't know what the Red Sox situation at second base is. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's it's definitely a, a guy that you can uh, you can think about. And you know, I, I don't know exactly how the deal would work. It would Depoto would have to get creative because the Mariners don't really have that that middle class. Um, I mean, depending if if the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts, then they probably need an outfielder. Could you get Jay Groom for Sam Tuivalala and Malik Smith? I mean. Mm. Maybe I don't know. We'll see how it all works out. But those are both; uh, those are two good names that I like. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how that works out. But uh, of course, the Mariners should be looking to add more prospects uh, this off season, and particularly prospects that are relatively close to the majors. So mm-hmm. um, those two guys both work out just fine for me. Um, I suppose that the Red Sox traded. Uh, I suppose the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts and they might be in the market for Mitch Haniger. Um, yeah. I don't know that they have the pieces to get Mitch Haniger, but uh, Groom would definitely be a solid secondary piece, I think. Yeah. All right. So uh, thanks for the question there, Jordan. Um, keep coming up with more names like that. So uh, they're good. They're good. Uh, good ideas for us to write about. <laughs> Makes our job a little bit easier. Um, yep. So uh, let's go on to another another uh, solid Twitter follow here. Seattle uh, Seattle nine uh, at Seattle underscore zero nine. Uh, he wants to know, similar to a question we've already answered, but more modern, I guess. Um, how would we view a Mitch Haniger trade this off season? Uh-huh. So it's kind of a loaded question because we don't know what the trade looks like, but I I think. I don't know. I mean, just overall, the Mariners trading Mitch Haniger. What would what would be your reaction? Um, my reaction would be well. First reaction was what would we get or what did, what did we get? Obviously, but right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, actually, nah, I would I would be a little bit surprised. You know, I Depoto had this comment um, back in early September, late August. He was on MLB network and he said, you know, the most important thing is to get Haniger back on the field. And, you know, for, for DePoto speaks, that's basically saying we want him back on the field so he can build his trade value because it was, it was, you know, and it was in response to a question about trading him too. So I, I think he's going to be a Mariner opening day. I think he'll be the starting right fielder on opening day. Um, I think it would take, a lot for him for for the Mariners to basically forego, you know, allowing him to to build his trade value back up and everything. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, with with the last question that you know, it, it would probably take a package like you know Jeter Downs plus to get him. Um, yeah. I think that that could shift the needle for Depoto if he were to get a player like Downs and a couple of other solid prospects that are close or, or are already there at the manager league level. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I really view this as going only one way and that's Hanager being the opening day right fielder. Um, but again, if a team comes out of nowhere and they, they want to take a chance on them and they, and they, think that he'll, you know, return uh, from, you know, the injury properly and everything, uh, and, you know, and they believe in, in his 2018 campaign uh, that much, then sure. 
But considering the lack of interest last year, and now you have, you know, a couple months where he was just okay at the plate. I mean, he did hit 15 home runs, but he was only hitting 220, 316. Um, And then he got injured and missed, you know, most of the season. Um, I don't know if a lot of teams are going to be interested in come calling this offseason. I think that's going to be more of a conversation to have around July. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you know, like I said, this the question is about, you know, our reaction to a trade. Without knowing the trade specifics, it's impossible yeah. to answer. Um, like I said, I, if they traded him just in general, I'd be surprised. Um, but if they traded him for, you know, Jeter Downs and Cody of Tarth and, you know, Omar Estevez, then yeah. Oh my um, God, Cody of Tarth. I totally forgot yeah. he was on the Dodgers system. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if they do that, then I'm totally fine with it. But um, without knowing specifics, I can't tell you how it would feel. Um, about the trade, uh, I can tell you that I think they are going to listen on Hanniger. Um, I think they may even actively shop Hanniger. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to meet their price, and I don't think the Mariners are going to lower their price from what it was last year. And that's, you know, MLB help, you know, either this season or really early next season. Um, I think they want that to be part of the trade. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Hanniger is ultimately dealt for a major leaguer and, uh, you know, and a B prospect. Um, you know, I, I think Mariners fans want that big prospect package. They want the, you know, the Kybert Ruiz and Jeter Downs and Michael Bush pro- prospect package. And I think what's going to end up happening is it's going to be, you know, Mitch Hanniger for, I mean, I, I Mitch Haniger for uh, John Gray and you know Haniger hey, and Gray. For, yeah, Haniger for Gray and like Grant Levine or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's probably what it's going to be when it happens, and I think a lot of people will be upset by that. Um, but I, I think you know, it's I think that's what Depoto wants. I think he wants a big leaguer back, um, and if it's not a big leaguer as the headliner for Hanniger, it's somebody who's really damn close to being a big leaguer. So, and that's pretty high floor. So I think that's, you know, without knowing names, I can't tell you how I would feel. Um, I can say though, I do expect them to listen to Hanniger. I expect them to try and engage on Hanniger. I don't think their price is any lower than it was last year. And I don't think he'll be dealt because of that. Um, now if he comes back in July or he comes back this year and he's an all-star again, uh, then in July, I would expect there to be a lot more interest than there is this winter. But, uh, you know, I just – the Mariners have to clear that outfield logjam, but they shouldn't take, you know, 75 cents on the dollar for Hanniger to make it happen. So, yeah. Uh, so without knowing specifics, it's really hard to answer that question. Yeah. I think if we want to clear the logjam, do it by dealing Santana and Alex. Right. Don't, don't – forego what you know the potential of Mitch Haniger just to you know clear space for Kyle Lewis and Braden Bishop and Jake Fraley etc I think it's more right. you do that through Malix and, and Domingo and maybe you take 75 cents on the dollar or 50 cents on the dollar for either one of those guys but I think you can you feel better about doing that than you do with Haniger 
Right. And that's the thing is I think there's a misconception that Haniger was, you know, needed to be traded last year at all costs. And that's just not true because, no. you know, Haniger was your most no. valuable, was supposed to be your most valuable trade chip. But from the sounds of it, you couldn't get a Justice Sheffield for Mitch Haniger last winter. And if you can't get that, then why would you trade him just to trade him? It does not make sense. Um, so just keeping him around or just being afraid to keep him around, uh, you know, I, I get the idea, you know, he's going to lose value the more he's on your team. That's fine. But if his value is already low enough, then, you know, you get three years of Mitch Haniger and then you let him walk and you get a first round or you get a, a comp pick when he rejects the qualifying offer. And if the Mariners really think 2021 and 2022 are legitimate windows of opportunity, then having Mitch Haniger on your team is a good way to, you know, meet that goal. So the Mariners don't have to trade Mitch Haniger. They're perfectly fine keeping him. And even if he leaves in three years, you're going to be okay. So you don't just trade the guy because you have to, because you think you have to. Yeah. And like I said, you don't trade good players just for the sake of trading good players. You know, it's, it's about what you feel makes your team better. And if at the end of the day, if Mitch Haniger is the best option to make your team better and, and capitalize on that 21, 22 window, then that you keep him. Exactly. So, yeah, I think Jerry, again, Jerry's going to listen because he's listen. He's going to listen on anybody. He's probably going to engage because I do think there is a desire uh, to cash in on Haniger, but, if the other 29 teams say no, or they offer you 60 cents on the dollar for him, you don't just say, well, I guess it's the best I can get. That's not who this guy is. That's who D Gordon is at this point. D Gordon is you get what you can and you move on. Mitch Haniger is not. Um, so I, like I said, I think he'll probably be the right fielder. Um, if they trade him, it all comes down to what they get for him. Um, I'm perfectly fine if they do a big league for big league swap. I'm perfectly fine if it's, you know, if it's a really nice prospect package like, uh, you know, a lot of fans want. I'm happy if it's one really good prospect, a couple of B prospects, and like a big league reliever. Um, I, you know, there's plenty of ways for me to like a Hanager trade. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I, I can't tell you what it's going to look like. So I can't really offer you much more than that. All right. Uh, so thanks for the uh, thanks for the qu- question there nine. Uh, let's move on to a late entry here um, from another good Twitter follow, uh, Josh Wright at Josh A Wright on Twitter. Um, he says knowing that at least one of you isn't at the ballpark routinely, Ty. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Which <laughs> which improvements would you like to see at the ballpark? And he's mainly referring to guest experience. So this is interesting, Ty. You haven't been to a Mariners game at at uh t-mobile since and, when uh 2007 <laughs> Jesus. okay well yep. so you're not very qualified to answer this um nope unless there's nope. something on tv that you think you've seen that um <laughs> i mean as far as improvements go yeah we, I, i'm not qualified to answer that um I mean, you know, I, I see and hear things, of course, all the time on, on Twitter right. and from people that we talk to and everything. But, yeah, I think this is more so your thing. Um, you know, I did see that they are uh, making some improvements, especially to, yep. like, the PA system and stuff like that. And that's great. Right. 
because, uh, I mean, you look at other stadiums and their PA system sounds horrific, like in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, right. yeah. I so. mean, sound system is 20 years old. So, I mean, that the upgrade there should help. Um, yeah. Like I said, in terms of fan, uh, fan or guest experience, um, see, that's interesting because you, when you say guest experience, you kind of have to cater to two people. You have the diehard baseball fan who is there to watch the game. And then you have the social baseball fan who is there and baseball's on in the background and they're just there to hang out with their friends and whatnot. Um, and you kind of want to cater to both of those groups because they both spend money. Um, and so it's, it's always tough to kind of walk that line. Um, one of the things that I would like to see, uh, is there is a, it's, uh, this just might be me talking by the way. Um, but again, for me, one of the annoying things is, is when you have, uh, you know, in the middle of the inning, uh, people get up and they walk out to go get snacks or the bathroom or whatever. And then they just come back in the middle of the inning and make you get up and block your view as they get back to their seat. Um, so I would like them to actually hold people on the concourse between hitters. I mean, they used to do this. Um, but if it's, you know, one and one, and this guy wants to get down to a seat and he's going to block an entire at bat, hold that guy back up there and say, you need to wait until this at bat's over. And then you send him down. Uh, it's, it's quite annoying, especially in big moments, um, for me, who's there to watch baseball, um, to have somebody who's there to socialize, get up and obstruct my view for important pitches without realizing what they're doing. Uh, it's, it's, it's annoying. And, uh, I like I said, they used to do that. They used to hold you at the top of the stairwell and say, you need mm-hmm. to wait until this at bats over. You need to wait until there's a mound visit. You need to wait until there's a break in the action. Um, like I said, that may just be me. I'm, I'm totally willing to, to say you know, that that's, that's a me thing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's an issue. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, it's a pretty good experience to be honest at, at T-Mobile. You could do a lot worse. Um, a few other things. I, I think cracking down on, uh, last couple times there's, there's people who always, they like throw like seeds and and stuff off the top deck and it lands on you on the bottom deck and whatnot. Um, that's just, I, I don't know what you can do about that other than, you know, yell at people for doing it. Uh, but that's always annoying. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, there's not a lot really there. Food prices are always going to be a complaint. So are beer prices. Um, mm. I don't really eat at the ballpark that often because of those. So it's it's not something that I... Can you bring outside food? Yes, you can. Um, okay. Yeah, we randomly saw a lady pull out a, a sandwich and a, a fruit, and basically like a fruit platter. Like three rows in front of us, we're like, "What the hell?" And apparently, as long as you there's rules posted, and you can bring that stuff in if you if it's in like Ziploc or Tupperware, and you have to have it cut a certain way. But yeah, you you can do that. Um, but one thing I would like to see them in ter- in regards to the food prices is um, I kind of like the I, the idea of uh, what the what the Atlanta Falcons do now at their stadium, and that is is that. You know, you just have the the stadium run food vendors, and you say hot dogs at any food cart or any any vendor. You know, at Safeco, hot dogs are three dollars. Period. Sodas yeah. are, are two dollars. Whatever. And what happens there? What they found out in Atlanta is surprise, surprise. 
when your food is cheaper, people buy more of it. And the yeah. and the Falcons ended up making more money from their concessions than they did when a beer was, you know, thirteen dollars. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that's surprising for some reason to <laughs> major league baseball owners, but that's the case. That's what happens. Um, so I would like to see them do that more often. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed from afar is that, you know, a lot of MLB teams are now doing this like sort of subscription service per month for tickets. Yep. Yep. That's a good one. And, and I know that the Mariners kind of dropped the ball on that last year. Like they did introduce it, but it was for standing room only. And it was, what a hundred bucks a month yeah. yeah so if they could do something that actually guarantees you a seat and it's more like 60 bucks a month um i think that would be really cool because I, I the blue jays do that in toronto and it's like i want to say it's like 55 canadian right so which is like 40 American and you get, you know you get a nosebleed seat but i mean so right, but... you get to go to pretty much every home game Right, and that's the thing is like T-Mobile, they don't even allow you to sit in the right field bleachers for most of the most of the season. They just have it like roped off, and it's like, so why is my ticket standing room only when you have those seats that aren't being used mm-hmm. by anyone? Um, you know, and like you said, a hundred bucks is. I said the idea behind it is good. The execution this year was terrible, so that is something that they need to fix. Um, I think that's a really good one uh, as well. So. Like I said, it just, you know, ticket prices are what they are. Um, but I would think it's better to have people in your ballpark at a lower rate than, you know, to not have those people come at all. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it, it's very easy to sit here and say, oh, the food price is too high. Ticket prices are too high. And, you know, I, I understand that sentiment, but I think it's just it just needs to be tweaked. Um, and like I said, that ninety nine dollars for every home game in a month. That's sound. That's that's fine. Like that's that's not a terrible deal. But when you compare it to what other teams are doing, mm. um, give us a damn seat. How about that? Uh, yeah. So it's just one of those things. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not the guy who's there every night. I'm not the, you know, I, I I'm not a season ticket holder. I get to go on in a good year. I get to go seven to ten times. Uh, typically, I'm you know five six times a season there. Those are just some of the little things, and there, you know, certainly there are things that people are there every day could tell you more than I could. But those are just some of the things I've noticed. Um, also, uh, do ballpark karaoke like every night because that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you what, man, you get thirty thousand people uh, jamming out to "I Want It That Way." It's a good time. So, um, <laughs> so that's some, you know, it's just one of those things. Like I said, the Mariners do a pretty good job at their guest experience. Um, so if we're not talking about costs and things like that, then really it's about, you know, maintain and just find little tiny ways to improve that. Maybe I don't even know need improvement. Um, I think the, the set food prices are a really good idea. Um, I think, you know, changing the, the, the ballpark pass or whatever you want to call it. I think that's a good idea, tweaking that. Um, and so it's just one of those things that you don't have to. You have enough options that, you know, if a Zell's chicken wants to charge whatever they want, then let them charge that. That's fine. But anything that, you know, the I, I can't remember what the names of some of the booths are that are owned by the Mariners. Like that's their snack stand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Go to a three dollar <throat> or, a, you know, a three dollar hot dog or whatever. And by the way, on the deal of the day, when it's a hot dog, 
don't give me that BS hot dog you tried to sell me for three bucks. That's a garbage dog. I mean, the bun, <laughs> the bun is like cardboard and yet somehow soggy at the same time. I mean, real high quality stuff there, guys. Yeah, the, the Walmart buns. Yeah. Not, e- not even, man, not even. They're, it's like the Costco buns, but they left them out in the Sahara Desert for three months, and then they just dunked them in water before they gave them to you. And you're like, this is somehow dry and disintegrating and wet at the same time. Like, come on, guys, step your game up. Here's an idea. You want to keep your deal of the day? Maybe on Friday you do pizza instead of licorice rope. Nobody cares about licorice yeah. rope. Come on. I, there's just ways to tweak this to make it better. Um and like I said, Seattle does a pretty good job with the guest experience at T-Mobile, so I don't have a lot of complaints. Um, just one of them, and you know, kind of the other thing they started doing this year, I would say, uh, there was a lot more, let's call it seat enforcement, um, where you could be sitting in the same seat for four innings, and they'd still come, and like the ushers would still come up and say, "Let me see your ticket." It's like really, yeah, yeah. because yeah. there's like eighteen thousand people here. Uh, and you're afraid that I'm, you know, two sections over from where I bought my ticket, where it'll be the same price. That's what you're concerned about, really. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, you know, just things like that. Do they do they still let the kids run around the bases after the game? On Sundays, yeah. On Sundays, and yeah. uh, do they do they still do fun stuff? Because I remember one year, I think it was like a five or oh six. The Mariners were on a road trip. And they let fans come to the ballpark and play catch in the outfield and stuff like that. I have not seen that uh, in a long time. Um, yeah. They do it at like their uh, their winter thing that they fan fest or whatever. Yeah. Um, which yeah. doesn't sound, by the way, it doesn't sound like that's coming back because they're doing that carnival thing again. Um, that's the other thing. Winter Wonderland or whatever you guys call it. Enchanted. Yeah. Whatever it is. Um, I went to that last year. It's cool. It was hell on your field. Stop doing that. Yeah, yeah, that looked horrible. It was afterwards. terrible, and you had the brand. You had to basically plant brand brand new sod in like a week to get it ready. And it just we saw early in the year there were a lot of you know a lot of slips and slides and things like that. And it's just like don't do that to your field. It's 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 cool, but it's not that cool. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, my recommendation would be do more fun things that involve like kids and family and stuff like that. Um, also, do more town hall stuff. Yeah, like if you if you can get Jerry Depoto to do a town hall, maybe once a month or once, us you know once every couple months or something like that. Or you can do more like women and baseball nights. Yeah, or... those things are cool. I like those yeah. panels, and things like that. Uh, they yeah. had, they had another one they did um, African Americans in baseball. They had a bunch mm-hmm. of the players um, talk about all that. So oh, yeah. that's really cool. I, I enjoy that stuff. Um, you guys could stream that a little more easily. That would be awesome too. Because um, yeah. I would like to watch that. And I can't always get over to the games uh, you know, to watch that stuff. I think that would be a really cool idea. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think the town hall, they do one, but it's for season ticket holders. And I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to their opinion because they are paying a lot of money uh, to be season ticket holders and they're there more than anybody. Um, but, I mean, how about you? one month you host a town hall for people who travel to the game, like more than an hour to the game, to kind yeah. of get, okay, so how does this affect you? What's this do to you? What's this do to you? And, you know what I mean? Just kind of like mix it up a little bit. One a month and just kind of, it doesn't always have to be the poto. 
Well, and you and and you want to if you want to sell people on the future of this team, let them get to meet these players. Let them get to meet this organization. You know, because the, the you know the local media, the radio, etc., that don't do a great job of of really you know pushing that to to casual fans. You know, really outside of us and Lookout Landing and some other you know some other publications that. You know, there isn't a whole lot of positivity going around about the Mariners when there should be, uh, and there should be a lot of excitement. So do things like, like maybe have you know a night where, uh, what's the uh, the Mariners is it Mariners Kids Club? Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, have people that are subscribed to that every once every month they get to like kids get to come and ask. You know, Kyle Lewis and Justice Sheffield and Logan right. Gilbert and those guys like get to, you know, have them get to like ask them questions in the dugout and like actually spend time with them and get to know them and stuff like that. I think that would be really cool. Um, you yeah. know, to, I, and, and and that might help with sales and getting more yeah. people to buy season tickets for 2021 and 2022 and get excited about that team and and what that season can bring. So, you know, there are other ways to get people excited about your future than just saying, hey, you should be excited about it. And, you know, right. and you and not and you don't have to base and that doesn't have to be based on your success in 2020 either. Right. Yeah, I think it's a good way to just kind of connect the the future uh, to your team. Um, you know, there's reminders all over the ballpark of the past, um, particularly the 95 season. Uh, you know, everywhere you look, there's some kind of mural or there's something there to remind you of that. And that's all well and good, but uh, embrace the future, man. Don't be afraid to, to kind of pump up these guys. Um, I know that's not very baseball-like, but it's something that you should be focusing on. And one of the things they did that I hope, wish they would do more is uh, they, they broadcast that minor league playoff game. Um, and, you know, I know that you can't do that every single night and things like that, but I just, I, the Mariners own that TV station. Why don't you send a crew down to Tacoma and, you know, film a Rainier's game or go to Everett and do a, do an Aqua Sox game. You know what I mean? Just kind of, Hey, the Mariners are off on this Thursday. The Rainiers play in Las Vegas. Let's let's go down and let's film that. Let's let these guys watch Shed Long and Jake Fraley and whoever it is. Um, so I, I think that'd be a good idea. Um, the lastly, other thing, lastly, give us a, give us a Soto Mojo night. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think the uh, the podcast that they do, the Wheelhouse, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's a really cool idea to have a GM that's that open and willing to share things like that. That's fantastic. Props to Colin O'Keefe for that. Yeah, exactly. Do more of that. And, you know, it's not, not another podcast, but you can do more on the YouTube channels. You can do more on, you know, your Facebook and all that stuff. I just think that there's a lot more that you could be offering fans to get them excited about this team. Um, and that's a lot of that has to do with your, your marketing and things like that. And we know the Mariners are great at marketing. We know they are. Um, you know, I, I think I just, you know, it, it's really hard for the average fan to get excited about, you know, Logan Gilbert just because somebody says, Hey, this guy's going to be good. Yeah. You need to find a way to make that guy believe Logan Gilbert is going to be really good and that he's worth being excited about. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, showing more playoff or showing more minor league baseball games 
on the TV station that you own is a great way to do that. So um, we'll see, you know, what changes they make. The, the Mariners are always tweaking, and I do appreciate that. And like I said earlier, they do have a pretty solid guest experience um, based on the stories I hear from other ballparks around the league. Um, T-Mobile and the Mariners get it right a lot, uh, but there are some things that they could get better at. So uh, it's a really interesting question. Um, we'll see what they decide to do. They, Like I said, they're pouring $30 million, I think it is, into the ballpark and guest experience. So we'll see what they can come up with. Um, you know, one of the things I like that they added this year, they added more uh, charging stations for cell phones. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was a good idea. So, well, I mean, when you, when you have T-Mobile rep, you know, sponsoring your, your stadium, you, you should probably have some stuff for phones. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's good. And, uh, I think they made strides with their Wi-Fi network. It's pretty good. Um, you just walk into the ballpark, free Wi-Fi, boom. Uh, pretty easy to log on to and all that stuff. So, I, I, like I said, I think they are making strides and they are getting a little better. And it's never going to be perfect. And there's going to be some things you just can't control. But, you know, just the continued effort to invest in the ballpark, keep it looking nice. Um, I guess one other thing they could do is they could expand the netting. Uh, totally in favor of that. But uh, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how all that goes. Um, but yeah, overall, it's a pretty good experience. But there are a few tweaks here and there that I would like to, uh, I would like to change. So, uh, Ty, we just we hit the hour mark. That's not what we were expecting. But uh, you have any yeah. final thoughts before we uh, wrap this up? No, I think we uh, we covered a lot today. Uh, yeah, it was good. Good podcast. I'm a fan. Sure was. I'm a fan of it. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it was it was something. Um, oh yeah, well, uh, you and I are going to be doing something yes. pretty cool next week. Yeah, uh, just an, just official, just made official here. Um, so uh, you guys, you guys probably know Jason Churchill, prospect insider, Hero Sports. Uh, he's on the podcast way back in March. Uh, you know, we have a fun little thing on Twitter. Uh, we go back and forth with him. Uh, really, by the way, Baseball Things podcast, highly recommended. Five dollars a month, you get some really good insight. It's a good show, and it's just it's. If you're a fan who is a little tired of like talk radio Mariners, uh, it's a really great podcast to listen to. And even if you're a fan who is trying to, you know, find reasons to be excited and things like that, I would recommend spending the five dollars once, listen to the podcast for a month, and see if you want to stick around because there's some good insights there. Uh, it's the Baseball Things podcast. You can find that on Patreon by Jason Churchill. And the big announcement is is that Tyler and I will be appearing on that very podcast uh next wednesday so um did you uh, just call me tyler <laughs> did i say tyler i'm yes, sorry <laughs> I, 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 maybe i'm looking at this tyler lockett trade offer in front of me um so, tyler lockett trade offer. we're gonna talk about that off the air <laughs> but, uh, but <laughs> no but uh, anyways uh yeah ty and i will be on the baseball things podcast that will be um that will be uh, airing next Wednesday. It sounds like we're going to record Tuesday night. It'll be the Wednesday episode next week, and that'll be fun. It'll be uh, fun to talk about that. And uh, Jason says that we have to discuss nachos and stuff. So, all right, nachos I, are overrated. I, I said it. Boom. Um, <laughs> well, take that uh, well, we we are going to uh, talk about this next week. You and I, we're going to have a heavy. Hey man, it's pineapple on the pizza. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, guys, so, yeah, we're going to be on Baseball Things next Wednesday. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, that'll be a busy day. We'll, we'll probably record on Tuesday uh, this podcast that you guys are probably not listening to anymore. But uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll record this, and then later that night we'll hop on with Jason. And uh, we'll get to we'll get to talk some Mariners baseball, and I'm interested to see where that uh, conversation is going to go. Uh, yep. And then uh, next Wednesday, I'll be flying back to Toronto, so expect another early morning Q and A from the sky for me because I'm nice. getting bored. There <laughs> but, you go. There you go. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I can provide a little bit better answers than I did last time because I was pretty delirious. Uh, yes. To be honest. Leaving your turquoise mansion, heading back to yep. your hobble in Toronto. Yeah, um, my little my little stone hut. That's right. Strong, it's amazing what yep. you can buy in New Mexico that you can't buy in Toronto. Yeah, turquoise money on my beard. Ah, I'm gonna right. have a I'm gonna have a Craig Kimball esque beard. Uh. Basically, you're gonna be Hagrid. <laughs> That's yep. nice. Pretty much. Yep. Get yourself uh, not a dog Dallas Keuchel, Jesus. There you go. <laughs> oh, there it is. Kimbrel's got a beard, but uh, Keuchel's is a little more legendary. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening to the last five minutes of rambling. Um, we really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. As always, visit SotoMojo.com for all the Mariners rumors, uh, news, trade-related items, free agency. It's it's the off season for us. We've gone crazy over there. So make sure you check that out at SotoMojo.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. Uh, that is the best place to get a hold of us with ideas, thoughts, opinions, whatever. We're pretty interactive on there. Um, but, you know, probably going to block you at some point. So head on over. <laughs> uh, head on over. Hey, we have yeah, like 600 people there. I haven't blocked. Um, okay. But, no, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good time, guys. We generally the, we just the, goof around. The new mute fu- the mute function ever since they put that into effect has been a lot better for us. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you know, it's, it's fine. Just be respectful, man. Just be respectful. And we'll, we'll happily talk baseball with you or maybe even Marvel or anything like that. We, uh, we don't just strictly talk Mariners on that account. We have a lot of fun with it. So, uh, yep. make sure you follow us at Soto Mojo FS. And also, I guess, uh, make sure you guys listen to the, the baseball things podcast next Wednesday as Ty and I will try not to embarrass ourselves uh, in front of church. And, uh, We'll see how that goes. So <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I don't like our chances, but we'll see what we can do. But anyways, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you in another life. Peace out. Peace.